In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come as our King. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, 67 episodes at about $6 million a piece. That is Game of Thrones. A series that has broken ground in our entertainment culture in a huge way. If you think about when Game of Thrones started, we didn't have this real sense of what it was like to watch a television series like Game of Thrones, a television series that had the production quality of a movie, a television series that had kind of a dark and ominous cloud over it, a television series that as soon as you started to like a character, they would get killed off. Some of you are completely clueless about any of that. Some of you are in betting pools as to whether Jon Snow or Daenerys Targaryen is going to claim the Iron Throne. This sermon is for all of you, I promise. The whole sense of what's going on in that universe that was created with this series and with the writers, especially the writer who created the story in his series of books, the, the whole sense of this is that there is an empty spot in this thing called the Iron Throne, this Iron Throne that rules over an entire continent of people, an entire continent of people that are sort of murderous, that are not the kinds of people that you go, oh, well, those are the kinds of people that I want to be my neighbors. <laughs> they live in a world that is sort of akin to what we understand our own medieval period being like, even though their world is a lot different and one of those differences that lets you know that the story is not talking about our world is that their seasons last for years and that their seasons will last for a number of years and that they're waiting for this thing called winter and that a winter is not just a series of months but it's rather a series of years a series in which Things die a dark, dark time. And all of you have probably seen that that is the tagline for the show, that winter is coming. And the question is, with this winter coming, with this sense of impending doom, with this sense of something needing to happen that is dark and ominous, who is going to lead the people of that continent. And perhaps that's not such a strange question. It's a question that we ask ourselves, even though our winters only last for a little while, especially here in Tallahassee, Florida. 
we do have this sense about who is going to lead us in the midst of a dark time. We have this wonder who's going to end up in our iron throne. Who is going to be our leader? Who is going to be our king? Who is going to be the one who shows us the way? Who's going to be the one who gets us through our winter? In the show, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of questions if this person is going to do that or if that person is going to do that. And the thing that always seems to wreck it is that somebody dies. And that's the case for us too. That's the case on this Palm Sunday. When we consider who it is who is going to lead us through the dark times of our lives, through the dark times of this sinful world, through the dark times of the sins of others and our own sins, we have this question, is it going to be Jesus? And if it is Jesus, well then, how do we reconcile that with his death? How do we reconcile it with the sense that he allowed himself to be enthroned, not in a golden throne, not in an iron throne, but in a wooden throne that he was stretched out upon and died bleeding and asphyxiating on And it's odd that that is the moment that we see him enthroned as our king. That that is the moment in which we see Jesus for who he truly is. That that is what a king looks like to us who are Christian. It is not the way that it's supposed to look. He's supposed to march into Jerusalem. He's supposed to tell Pilate to get out of the way. He's supposed to banish Herod. Instead, what happens is he ends up making them BFFs. What he does, though, is he shows us what it means to be a true king. A king who loves his subjects. A king who gave himself up for us. He shows us what that looks like. This Holy Week, throughout this Holy Week, we're going to be looking at Jesus' vocations. And famously, from this guy named Eusebius, back in the third century, he said that Jesus has three primary vocations. That his primary vocations are of prophet, priest, and king. And today we consider him as our king. Today that's what our readings are about. Who is this Jesus who is so ironically named the king? Who humbles himself, as Paul says, even to the place of a servant. Even beyond the place of a servant to the place of someone who dies on a cross. Who is that king? And what does that tell us about what it means to have a king? Because if we're honest about it, we don't think about having a king other than ourselves so much of the time. 
We will say Lord Jesus Christ, but we won't really mean that because we don't really know what Lord means until we hear it in Game of Thrones. And there we recognize that what Lord means is that He is royalty, that He is above you, that He gets to tell you what to do, that you get to die for Him. That that is your role, that is your lane, and you best not stray out your lane. You best not get above your raisin. But this is a different kind of king. This is a different kind of Lord. This is a kind of Lord who takes upon the suffering of mankind upon himself. So that we can follow in his train. So that we can follow in his train and declare him to be our Lord and follow in who he has set before us to be. That our vocations are not to be king, but that our vocations are to be the one who follows in the way of the king, who shouts Hosanna out to that king and says, Lord, save us. That that is the literal translation of Hosanna. Lord, save us. Come and save us. We can't do this on our own. We're terrible at filling the requirements of the throne. And we need someone who will be there for us. We're bad kings. We're bad queens. You're not even a good prince or princess. But he is good. He shows you what it is to be king. Not so that you can be a king but rather so that you can celebrate the king who has come for you. So may you this week, this holy week, may you not hear that phrase as something in which you are calling yourself to be more holy. That's not what this week is about. This isn't a week where you're supposed to go to church more often so that you can think, okay, well, I'm holier this week because I went to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Goodness gracious, I went to church three times. I am holy. But rather, let this week be about the holiness of the king who came to be the king so that you would not have the requirement of holiness but that your only requirement is to welcome him into your hearts laying down your clothes your palms your life and your own strivings for holiness before him And saying, Hosanna, Lord, come and save us. Amen.